engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. I hope you're all wearing your hoodies and sweatshirts and whatnot. One last hurrah before winter gets out of here. My goodness, this temperature can't make up its mind. Uh, I don't want to say I'm ready for warmer weather because we'll be complaining about the heat soon enough, but I'm just ready for the weather to make up its mind. Goodness gracious. Uh, My kid was telling me on the way home from school about King Saul having 700 wives and 300 concubines, and I was having a hard time figuring out how he dealt with one wife, let alone 700 and all the different opinions, and I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of like the weather. (laughs) Oh, hush. Now, let's get on with the news. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. So the Democrats are beginning impeachment hearings on President Trump. They're they're not calling it that, but that's what they're doing. Uh, For perspective here, it, it kind of gives you a sense that... One, the Democrats weren't actually impressed with Michael Cohen's testimony last week. And two, they're more and more concluding that they're not going to get what they hope to get from Bob Mueller's investigation. Uh, That's kind of where we are with the state of play here. Jerry Nadler, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, is saying that the Democrats need to build the basis for impeachment of the president, which is a pretty telling quote here. Uh, His actual quote is, before you impeach somebody, you have to persuade the American people that it ought to happen, that it ought to happen. That's a pretty telling statement from Nadler, because the Democrats expected that Bob Mueller's investigation would provide them the basis for impeachment, and they're all starting to walk it back. If you listen, more and more you're, you're hearing the Democrats saying that Mueller's investigation, he's not going to be able to tell us everything. The investigation is going to be secret. we got to rely on the president's team to release it. Uh, the collusion's been proven. He doesn't need to prove anything else, or he's not going to prove it, or or we, we always knew this was what Bob Mueller was going to give us. It, it's really an interesting walk back. It is the great walk back from Democrats on this. As to what they were saying, remember last year, this was this was the investigation that was going to bring down the presidency. Bob Mueller was going to provide them proof that the Russians stole the election. He was then going to just provide them proof that Trump colluded with the Russians. And now it's he, he may not tell us anything. And then, of course, there's the Michael Cohen situation. Let me play you some of this audio from the Sunday shows regarding Michael Cohen. Uh, people were not impressed. First, here's Chris Christie. I don't believe he's credible. I believe he's credible only if he's corroborated. Um, and unlike a lot of the people who talk about this stuff, Mika, as you know, um, I actually had to do it for seven years. And I put a lot of people on the stand who were serial liars. Um, but that's what you deal with when you're dealing in criminal cases. And so what you need to do is make sure you corroborate those people. So I think that Michael Cohen will only be an effective witness to the extent he's independently corroborated either by other testimony, meaning verbal testimony, or by documents Mm -hmm. or both, because he's got an awful history. Now, that doesn't mean that everything he says is a lie, but what it does mean is that you have to corroborate him. And I think any... Any prosecutor, and certainly someone as careful, as skilled, and as objective um, as Bob Mueller, um, would never use someone as Michael, like Michael Cohen unless he could corroborate them. And I think, in general, the same thing about the folks at the Southern District. 
And see, this this is the problem here. Remember what all the spin was on Bob Mueller going back only two weeks ago? I mean, we don't have to go that far back. Democrats were saying uh, that in the Manafort situation, in the Cohen situation, in the Roger Stone situation, that all of Bob Mueller's uh, allegations have multiple corroborating witnesses. All of Bob Mueller's charges are not based on one person, but on three, four, five people. That Cohen himself, by himself, is unreliable. Cohen, by himself, could easily be dismissed as a liar. Same with Roger Stone. Roger Stone could be dismissed by as a liar, or Jerome Corsi, whoever. But that there are multiple people who can paint the picture, multiple people filling in the blanks, multiple people backing each other up through separate independent investigations. So to have built that entire case and to have trotted out Michael Cohen last week for Democrats to now be saying, hey, we got to do this ourselves. It's a pretty big indicator they're not going to get what they thought from uh, the the Bob Mueller investigation, that that all of their hype about the Mueller investigation really doesn't live up to it. Uh, Now, uh, one more clip. Sarah Fagan, she's a Republican right of center strategist, not a Trump fan, uh, on with George Stephanopoulos over the weekend. I think only the risk to the extent, to Matt's point, if there is some real there there. And and right now, we don't have evidence of collusion. Um, Most Americans... Well, we have Manafort's evidence of collusion. uh, Well, you have Manafort's... uh, crimes, but that doesn't necessarily extend to the president. And we'll see what the Mueller report says, but one would think after, you know, a year plus 18 months, we would see something if it was directly connected to the president by this point. Um, But I think, you know, ultimately about Cohen, you can look around the investigation uh, labyrinth between the Southern District and Mueller and the Congress of all the things the Trump White House needs to be concerned about. And there are some real concerns out there. The Cohen testimony wasn't one of them. It, he's just not a credible figure. And only base Democrats found him credible, and they would find him credible no matter what he said at this point, if he was criticizing Donald Trump. Exactly. And that's a problem for the Democrats now, which is why their impeachment hearing is beginning not as an impeachment hearing, but as an obstruction probe. Remember at first they said that this was all about collusion. The collusion's not panning out, so they're moving the goalposts to obstruction. And they may actually have some there theirs, but there's a problem with how they're going about it. And I don't say that as me. So David Axelrod, a very nice guy, by the way, Uh, even if I disagree with him politically, I I know David and his wife. I don't know his wife well, um, but I've been to their home. Democratic strategist, worked for Barack Obama. He was an old newspaper guy. Uh, got tired of Chicago corruption, tried to find politicians who he could help break through the Chicago corruption, wound up with Barack Obama, went to the White House. Uh, David Axelrod was on social media earlier today pointing out that the way the Democrats are going about their instruction probe in the House Judiciary Committee is they've sent out requests for production of documents to 86 individuals. Now, the way this works, for those of you, most of you aren't lawyers, so let me explain discovery to you just real quick. Uh, Discovery used to be my favorite part of uh, being a lawyer because I loved drafting discovery and had model discovery 
that just not only did it become the model discovery for my office, but other lawyers in town where I practice w- would steal from me in this because I, I loved doing it. It's part of being a transactional lawyer. I loved the transactional part of being a lawyer, did not like the courtroom. Well, discovery is when you try to obtain information from the other side. So you have what are called interrogatories, and those are questions you ask where you get information, and you have requests for production of documents. Uh, and the request for production of documents are those items that you wish the opposing side to hand over to you for you to inspect to build your case, things you believe are necessary to your case. So in the interrogatories, for example, you say, um, provide for me or, or who are the people you talked about about issue X. Please provide their names and contact information. And the opposing side hands over the names. Well, I talked to X, Y, and Z, and, and here's how you get a hold of them if they, if they can do it. Well, then you provide production, uh, requests for production of documents are, you said in your interrogatories, you talked to X, Y, and Z. Please provide any documents traded between those parties and you regarding the topic. Well, there are objections that lawyers can file. They're they're too broad. They're too vague. Uh, They ask for things outside the scope of discovery. They they ask for things that are too burdensome to provide. You need to go ask someone else, not us, things like that. Uh, All sorts of objections you can file. But what this process does is it begins to build your case. You have a working theory. The Democrats' working theory is that the president has been obstructing justice. And they want proof of this. The problem the Democrats have, though, is this. They're not sure what the president has obstructed. They're pretty sure he's obstructed something. They're just not sure what exactly. Did he obstruct the there's allegation today? He tried to to block the Time Warner uh, AT&T merger. Well, it's not really obstruction of justice per se. Did the president obstruct justice by firing James Comey because of his investigation of Mike Flynn? Did he obstruct justice by trying to pressure people to excuse Mike Flynn and others? These sorts of things. Well, the Democrats, they've got their working theory that, yes, the president did on that, but on other things as well. And so they're sending out requests for production of documents and interrogatories to 86 different people demanding they hand over information and statements relating to obstruction of justice. That sounds good if you're a Democrat, I realize. The problem here is that it's all very vague. So you're first allowing people to object because they don't know what you're actually talking about. But then, as David Axelrod pointed out, the Democrats are opening themselves up to the witch hunt accusation. They're asking 86 unrelated parties from multiple entities to hand over information related to various obstructions of justice that may or may not all be intertwined. Appears actually to be separate instances. Uh, It looks more like a fishing expedition. They're trying to find the means by which they can impeach the president, which is ridiculous because they had the Bob Mueller probe and they've been telling us for two years that Bob Mueller was going to provide them the means to impeach the president. So now the Democrats are at the strange situation where if Bob Mueller provides them nothing with which they can impeach the president, Michael Cohen's testimony refutes key pieces of the investigation, namely the Russia collusion stuff. He had no knowledge of it. And contrary to claims in the Steele dossier, never actually went to Prague, never had his cell phone in Prague or anything like that. So now the Democrats are having to say, we got to come up with the means by which to convince the public he needs to be impeached. Doesn't sound like they have a really good argument. And it allows the Republicans to say they're wasting time, they're wasting taxpayer money, 
and they're just looking to conjure something out of thin air to go after the president. If nothing else, it helps the president with his defense if it gets to the Senate, if it even gets that far. But there's something else it does. It helps the Republican fundraising effort for 2020. The Democrats could have done this in a way that didn't do that, but they couldn't help themselves. They, instead of being targeted and taking their time, they're trying to rush it because they want to get it done before the election. And that's the problem. They're moving too fast and too broadly instead of honing in on what their argument is. And that's going to cause them to trip up. So just a quick pause here, word for our sponsors. Uh, And you know, this one, real world situation, I woke up Saturday morning and I had a bunch of text messages from Twitter, someone trying to change my password. Now, they all uh, connect me through my cell phone and using two-factor authentication. But man, uh, you got to worry about cyber crimes these days and people trying to steal your passwords, your credit card details. A buddy of mine went to China a while back and needed a VPN service because the Chinese are really, really snoopy. And he used ExpressVPN. And you know, you can protect yourself from cyber criminals and Chinese snoops by using ExpressVPN. It secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data. It hides your public IP address. It's got easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click. And it's for less than $7 a month that you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have recommended to so many people. It's the rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So protect yourself online today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S svpn.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. And remember, my name is E-R-I-C-K. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. Oh, yes, there is more speaker scandal. Big story broke over the weekend about David Ralston. We will get to it. Stick around. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. How about this for a laugh? Uh, I find the story, the outrage related to the story actually is just impressive. This is a headline in the New York Times. Google moves to address wage equity. Finds it's underpaying many men. (laughs) By the way, there is a lot of outrage. There is a lot of outrage about this, which actually kind of exposes the the whole pay equity movement uh, to not really be about uh, helping women so much as punishing men. So Google examines audits every year how it's paying men and women in, in the same positions. And it turns out that the men who were in the same positions as women, they had the same titles, doing the same work, um, they were not being paid as much money. Google had overcorrected to boost the pay of women. Google overcorrected and, and actually wound up now paying men not as much as they should for the same work based on the same theories. So they gave men a pay raise. Feminists are outraged. The pay equity people are outraged. Why? 
because the men deserve to make less, according to these people, because the, this study doesn't take into account the burdens that women face on the job, the treatment of women on the job, the the biases, the, the unknown inculcated biases against women on the job. They need to be paid more than the men to make up for all of the internal and external biases against the women. That, that's actually what they're saying. I'm not making this up. So that they don't want a dollar-for-dollar dollar match. They actually want the men to make less than the women as punishment for past treatment. There, there's no such thing as equality with these people. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is Eric Erickson in Atlanta's Evening News, and I don't, you know, I've been doing this since 2011, and occasionally I have a gut check, and I'm just not sure as to whether or not I should do something or not. Um, for example, should I go into this cold without telling you what it is, or should I warn you that it's Hillary Clinton? We see all of the phony obstacles to registering. We see all of the suppressive efforts at the point of registration and even the point of voting. We see the malfunctioning equipment. We see the longer lines. Ooh, she's got her we campaign see cadence. how all of this is designed to discourage, to depress, to prevent people from voting, particularly communities. And your little dog, too. We know, don't we, that candidates, both black and white, lost their races because they have been deprived. Wait, 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 wait. They lost their races? How does a black and a white person lose their races? Uh Oh, she's talking about their elections. The votes they otherwise would have gotten. And the clearest example is from next door in Georgia. Stacey Abrams should be governor leading that state right now. I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when Hillary Clinton said if you called into question the integrity of an election, you were a sore loser who should be ashamed. <laughs> oh, you know, there, there, was a, there was a tornado in Alabama yesterday. Uh, no relation, I, I think, to Hillary Clinton being there. Um, yeah, by the way, prayers for the folks in, in Alabama and in Georgia. And it, it, this reminds me, speaking of this, how many of you have my cell phone number? My goodness gracious. Um, thank you all for calling to check or, or not, not even calling. You, you all know me well enough to know y'all texted to make sure we were all fine. The tornado was about 10 miles from us. Um, at one point, uh, the, the tornado sirens were going off. And I went outside. It was raining hard. And, and I, I know enough to know that if it's raining hard like that, the, the odds that there's a tornado immediately nearby probably not happening. But but went outside, you hear, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and kids said, what is that sound? I said, well, it's either a train or a tornado. And, of course, they're freaked out because the tornado sirens are going off. And then all of a sudden it goes, choo-choo. I said, oh, that's it. There's a tornado because it sounds just like a train. <laughs> In any event, we were fine, but uh, thank you all for checking in, and, and my goodness, the damage. Uh, not good down there. We'll, we'll get into that here, but uh, back to Hillary Clinton. This this Stacey Abrams pivot, she wasn't alone. Multiple Democratic candidates in Selma for the anniversary of Selma were claiming that Stacey Abrams 
should be governor, that it was stolen somehow. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that there was some sort of mass deprivation of the right to vote. What we do know is that the majority of the people whose voter registrations were not processed were people that the Abrams campaign had previously filed and they left out necessary information to be able to check the people off. They had social security numbers wrong. I mean, it was the federal government that allowed us to process the social security numbers of people in voter registrations and show that they were legitimately citizens by having a social security number. And a great many of them put down the wrong social security number. It, it never ceases to amaze me how Democrats can, can cause a problem and then profit from that problem. Never letting a crisis go to waste. Uh, they create the crisis, and then they don't let it go to waste. So Hillary Clinton on stage, who only two years ago was telling us that if you called into question an election, you were a sore loser undermining democracy, and now is on stage apparently a sore loser undermining democracy by doing what she's doing. And, man, the Democrats really are trying to make Stacey Abrams a thing, aren't they? Uh, this isn't going to go away, which is one reason I'm, I'm telling the Purdue folks they got to get into the suburbs right now and make some strong inroads there. But it wasn't just Hillary Clinton out there. Bernie Sanders, he's filed to run for the Senate. Yeah, he's going to run for the Senate and the presidency at the same time. Well, So he was on a uh, radio program, caters to a black audience. His host was a guy who goes by the radio name Charlemagne the God. And he asked Bernie Sanders uh, what he had done for black voters. Listen to this. Rights activism. In 1988, I was one of the... So I think I have a long history uh, in civil rights activism. In 1988, I was one of the few white public officials who supported Jesse Jackson uh, for president of the United States. And he ended up winning Vermont. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you look at my... Wait, wait, wait. He's got to go back to 1988 for, for what he's done for the African-American community? Seriously? And and all it was was uh, Jesse... J oh, wait. Yeah, there, there's more. Listen. Listen to the legislation. Uh, record in terms of civil rights uh, and other areas, you will find that it is uh, consistently a very, very strong record. Any legislation we can point to? Well, legislation that... Uh, Benefits African Americans, yeah, we pass, but not specifically. You know, we passed legislation that benefits working people. Show. <laughs> so nope, nope, nope. Got, got, got. I, I supported Jesse Jackson in 1988, but I don't have any actual legislation that. Uh, you know, he he could have said like the Voting Rights Act reforms or something like that, but he, but he couldn't even, didn't even, wouldn't even do that. Well, there's more Bernie Sanders. He also decided to well talk about health care and actually said some eye-opening things listen to this so to answer your question in terms of health care we're already paying for it we're paying twice as much as the canadians so what the criticism of bernie sanders is he's going to raise your taxes well i may that's right but you know what i'm doing i'm doing away with all of your private health insurance premiums all right i don't know how you guys work or where you get your health care from mm -hmm. somebody's paying for it somebody's paying blue cross or united health all right that's gone <laughs> Bob Dole, Bob, Bob Dole's going to, Bernie Sanders is going to do this. Bernie Sanders, he may raise your taxes, but you're going to get rid of your health care premiums. 
because you're going to get it from the federal government. This, my friends, is Bernie Sanders' message running for president. But it's also Elizabeth Warren's and Kamala Harris's, uh, which is just fascinating to me uh, that they, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, have you heard about the NBC poll that came out over the weekend? Democrats really upset about the poll. I mean, they, they actually are uh, upset about the poll. And, and I thought that it, there was some level of kidding at first, but they're not. So NBC News Wall Street Journal poll, credible pollster, comes out, shows only 25% of Americans think movement towards socialism is a good thing. Only 25%. Democrats are denouncing the poll as not credible. I mean, how long have we heard the Democrats uh, mocking Donald Trump for denouncing polls or making up polls or what? They're doing the same thing now, getting information they don't like. Uh, they're going to double down on the socialism thing, aren't they? They're, they're, gonna, they're going to help Donald Trump get a second term. Um, because they're, they're doubling down on, uh, my goodness gracious folks, if the Democrats want to go full socialist, let them, and we can just have four more years of Donald Trump. Here's the interesting thing though. The NBC news, wall street journal poll shows most Democrats actually don't want socialism and they don't want to drift further left. It's just the voters in the democratic party who vote in primaries are the ones who really want to go hard left. That party's headed for a crack up. All right, can I just have a moment to be middle-aged, be to be 43? Luke Perry has died. He, he's 52, had a massive stroke last week and died. So when I was gosh, um, it would have been 92, 93. I was finishing up high school. I had gone somewhere, I guess, to see cousins or something. And someone had talked about seeing some TV show called 90210. Uh, and he, I, we were just I mean, living in where we were in Louisiana at the time. We'd just gotten Fox, I think. Um, I don't even think it was on the cable uh, at the time, you had to actually like get it over the air at first and until it got on cable. Uh, Fox was not, you know, Fox being you know, ABC, CBS, NBC and PBS. And then Fox came along and it took a while for it to roll out. Uh, and 90210 was kind of the show that cast Fox as the new up and coming channel with teens. Kind of what the, the CW channel has done. Uh, to this generation, uh, that was Fox then, and 90210 was their bleeding edge show, real topics, uh, date rape, sex, drugs, all the issues uh, that you wanted in these these teen dramas. And Luke Perry was the bad boy type, and gosh, now he's dead at 52. Uh, time passes. He was on a CW show. Now it's just sad. You know, I'm on um, a blood thinner now because of my clots. Uh, I got more clots in my lungs at some point in the last year, and they decided I needed to be on blood thinner. And, and normally they, they put you on rat poison, uh, warfarin or Coumadin. They decided to put me on Xarelto, which is a newer medicine. And the downside of it is if you go off of it, you have an increased risk of, of strokes. Um, and so I got to be real careful with it, make sure I take it. 
and I'm I'm not paranoid about the issue, but man, it, it does freak me out. My grandfather, I remember when I was a kid, had a stroke. Uh, they are not they're not good. So try to be healthy, folks. Uh, I am trying myself. When we come back, we need to get into this story about David Ralston. He hit the HAC over the weekend. I actually went online right as I was going off air on Friday. I was a little bit aggravated. Uh, made it to the weekend. Those of you who texted the word speaker to 345345 uh, got a text message to you over the weekend. Big story. David Ralston dragged out a child molestation case with legislative continuances over six years to the point the district attorney dropped the case. I got the details on this and the emergency declaration as well. Rand Paul has come out uh, getting some biting criticism from conservative activists over his refusal to go along with the emergency declaration. And I'm on Rand Paul's side, and I think some other conservatives are going to come out as well against the emergency declaration. I'm hearing some of them are deeply skeptical and understand how problematic it is. I want to explore that as well. And the Green New Deal hypocrisy... Uh, Chairman Moo only wants to take Uber and Lyft. She doesn't want to use mass transit, even though she wants everybody else to use mass transit. And there's a new steak. It's vegan. You print it with a 3D printer. Seriously, that's what they're claiming. the second hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk. Uh, th- this is fascinating here. Um, Juan Williams who who is of the left uh, but I've always considered to be a rather reasonable guy. He's actually on social media. Let me read you his tweet. He put it up this afternoon. Quote It is no longer outside the realm of possibility that Trump could refuse to leave if he loses in the 2020 election. And if he does not accept an election defeat, he will have a virtual army of social media to defend him. Where does this stop? Well, I would first suggest it stops with bat crap, crazy nonsense like this. I mean, conservatives said this about Bill Clinton in 2000. Because of the Bush versus Gore situation, conservatives were convinced Bill Clinton would never leave the White House. Uh, In fact, I've got friends of mine who stood outside the vice presidential residence in Washington, D.C., chanting to Al Gore uh, in the last days of the uh, Clinton administration, get out of Dick Cheney's house. In 2008, in the early 2009, left-wing activists became convinced that George Bush and particularly Dick Cheney would never give up power. In 2016, conservatives became convinced that Barack Obama would never actually leave office. Uh, Now, it was never the sane ones who thought this. It was always the crazy, fringy types. And here's Juan Williams, a guy who has otherwise been fairly civil and level-headed, suddenly positing this theory that Donald Trump won't leave even if he loses. Maybe he should actually be saying, hey, how do we know it's going to be a fair election? Maybe we need UN observers. (laughs) People have lost their minds. Trump derangement syndrome gets some of the best ones. It's sad. In any event, we have to move on. There, There is more to this scandal involving Speaker Ralston. There's a case from Cherokee County 
It is of a boy who was molested, allegedly. Uh, and ultimately, the district attorney dropped the case. What's so interesting here is David Ralston, he was not speaker when the case happened, but then became speaker. And, and over the course of time, he continued the case over six years with over 20 legislative continuances. He had legislative business, continued the case. So this wasn't a matter of the judges saying um, we, we don't have time to court for the court case. This was David Ralston over six years dragging the case out with legislative continuances. And then ultimately, uh, the district attorney says that the victim did not want to cooperate after all. And so they dismissed the case after six years. Suddenly, the victim didn't want to cooperate. Ready to move on, I guess? I don't know. The victim actually says that, that that's not the case at all. The victim says that the victim was willing to cooperate. And, and now you should know uh, that in the state capitol, there are legislators who are saying that, well, all these cases, they have holes in them. We can't really believe these people. In, in fact, I have a note from a constituent who talked to her legislator and the legislator said, oh, well, if you really get into these cases, I've talked to people who are in the know and they say that they're really they're, they're not credible victims. And that's right. We're not going to believe the victims. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. It's amazing the number of people who are so scared of the speaker that they don't want to speak up. Um. Ralston released a statement and said the the case of state of Georgia versus Derek Jason Key was dismissed four and a half years ago at the request of the district attorney's office. The motion for no pros uh, to, to not prosecute describes the prosecutor's reasoning for the dismissal. And he also created his panel of lobbyists and others to tell him that he, he did no wrong. Now, the current Cherokee County District Attorney Shannon Wallace said she was unfamiliar with the specifics of the key case, but in reviewing the file said it was possible the case would have been dismissed anyway, but she said delays complicate the prosecution of crimes. Now, this is just, this is a problem here. Um, you, you got a quote from one of the uh, former district attorneys who's looked at this. The AJC asks, and let me just give you this quote. You have a child that's molested when he is 11 or 12 years old, by the time we got to trial, the boys were bigger and stronger The person uh, than the person they alleged molested them. These things should not matter, but you deal in the real world and they do matter. In other words, you, you get to a situation where suddenly by the time you go to trial, the person who was the victim is now bigger than the person who was the victimizer and these sorts of things cast doubt in the jury's mind. Maybe they didn't want to go to trial, except here's the problem. Um, the AJC interviewed the victim, who is now 22. According to the notes at the time that the case was dismissed, it was obvious the 22-year-old victim did not intend to participate in the case. He never filed a victim impact statement. But the alleged victim in the case says he was prepared to testify. He says, quote, I received a few calls from the district attorney asking me to testify on certain dates and then would get another call saying it's been delayed. Eventually, the calls and all communication stopped from the speaker or from the DA hmm. after Ralston became speaker. 
Very, very, very interesting. But what I find more interesting are the people now making excuses for the speaker. And what what I find most interesting are a lot of these people actually want him to go, but they don't think there's support enough for him to go. And so they're not doing anything. And, And the number of constituents who I'm hearing from who are trying to reach their legislators and the legislatures are giving them excuses. They're blaming the victims. They're saying the victims weren't credible. They're believing David Ralston's word for it. Or, you know, some of them are saying, well, I talked to defense attorneys and defense attorneys said this is perfectly natural. Well, of course, defense attorneys are going to. And are you really going to have a judge be public about the speaker of the House of Representatives? I mean, the legislators are scared of him, too. We are being governed by chickens. But, you know, there's an upside Um, I hear that uh, Ralston, to stay in the good graces of conservatives, we may at least get some pro-life measures out of the House of Representatives. They'll die in the Senate instead. Uh, The the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jesse Stone is basically killing all the pro-life legislation this year, but it's allowing Ralston to support all the pro-life legislation he's opposed in the past to keep everybody happy and and keep them from calling for his ouster, knowing that they'll die in the Senate. Uh, we, We see this game over and over again. And people fall for it every single time. Y'all, multiple victims have come forward and said their cases have never gone to trial because of David Ralston. And our Republicans in the legislature are blaming the victims and standing with the Speaker of the House. I cannot wait for the Democrats' ad campaign next year. So just a quick pause here, word for our sponsors. Uh, And you know, this one, real world situation, I woke up Saturday morning and I had a bunch of text messages from Twitter, someone trying to change my password. Now, they all uh, connect me through my cell phone and uh, using two-factor authentication. But man, uh, you got to worry about cyber crimes these days and people trying to steal your passwords, your credit card details. A buddy of mine went to China a while back and needed a VPN service because the Chinese are really, really snoopy. And he used ExpressVPN. And, you know, you can protect yourself from cyber criminals and Chinese snoops by using ExpressVPN. It secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data. It hides your public IP address. It's got easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes a click. And it's for less than $7 a month that you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have recommended to so many people. It's the rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So protect yourself online today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. And remember, my name is E-R-I-C-K. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. Got an email from a constituent of John Carson says that uh, his dad is a constituent actually of John Carson uh, complained about the speaker's story and Carson actually just sent back the speaker statement. Carson is one of those who is known to be super loyal to the speaker and uh, is doubling down. It, it really is amazing to watch the Democrats set this trap for the Republicans of the legislature, isn't it? Knowing that next year they're going to use this as a campaign issue. Uh, you've got all of these victims out there who 
their cases were delayed time and time again, and it's only a matter of time before uh, they come out in ads for the Democrats in Cobb and Gwinnett County and help seal the deal to take back the legislature uh, as the Republicans double down on defense of the Speaker. It's just, it's incredible to watch, to see what is going to happen, to know what's going to happen, and watch the Republicans. You know, again, I, it goes back to when the story broke. I talked to one of the senior Democrats in the House, and he was very upfront with this, that having David Ralston protects them from a more conservative speaker, uh, arguably a female speaker, and they can use this next year because they know the Republicans will do nothing. And sure enough, the Republicans do nothing. I want it known that it's cold. It's Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's Evening News. I'm ready for spring forward because I'm ready for the sunshine. And I'm ready for the weather to make up the sun. Listen, I don't care if it if it wants to be frigid for another month. That's totally fine with me. Just, like, be frigid. Don't do this welcome to summer and then all of a sudden, up, psych, uh, back to winter thing. That, that drives me up the wall. Now... Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Hosea from Alpharetta is going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Yes, thank you, Eric. Hey, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding why these victims are not considered credible when you had all these women on the Me Too were considered very credible uh, based on their recollection from years ago. Uh, well, because the victims in the cases in Georgia uh, cannot help the members of the legislature get their legislation passed uh, and cannot do anything to their political opponents. In the Me Too situation, uh, there was outrage uh, universally shared due to the bad behavior of individuals in Hollywood and politicians and elsewhere, uh, and there was national media coverage of it. Here, there's no national media coverage, and these victims, uh, they can't uh, pass legislation, but Speaker Ralston can block it. They they can't increase someone's budget, but Speaker Ralston can decrease it. Uh, they can't do anything to help the politicians uh, or really it, right now to hurt the politicians more than the Speaker can. This is all about raw political power. The Speaker of the House of Representatives in Georgia is very powerful and the legislators are very scared of him. Uh, they are not loyal to the Speaker. Uh, be, be clear about that. They are not loyal to the Speaker of the House. Uh, what they are is scared of the Speaker of the House. And because they're scared of the Speaker of the House, they won't act. Many of them know they need to do the right thing. Many of them know that their careers in the legislature are on the line next year, but they're scared of the Speaker, so they're not going to do anything. And then, frankly, some of them, they don't want conservatives to be in charge. Now, if the Speaker were to go, someone more conservative than the Speaker would be in charge. And they think that's a bad thing. I mean, consider all the various education reform legislation in the state legislature. There is legislation that would improve uh, access to school choice. There's legislation that would improve um, homeschoolers' access to extracurricular activities. There's legislation that would improve charter schools. And all of these things are being blocked by Republicans, not Democrats. And they don't want to be exposed. The speaker gives the necessary cover um, to block the legislation for these individuals. And they will all be held to account at some point uh, by the voters or somewhere, sometime, they'll be held to account. 
And, but right now they're scared. And all I can tell you to do is you got to keep the pressure on. You got to show up at the legislature. Um, uh, you know, Monica Matthews actually told me over the weekend that she talked to one member of the legislature who said they just delete all their emails from constituents. They don't believe they're from constituents. Uh, they think they're processed. Uh, and so they just delete them all. So you got to call them. And after you call them, you got to show up. And all of you work during the day. And so you can't show up at the state legislature. And make sure these people understand you're serious. You, you, you're not willing to go down there. I, I do have somebody who, who sent me an email, said he showed up and actually got uh, yelled at by a lobbyist who is defending the speaker. No doubt has legislation before the speaker. So even the lobbyists are, it's all about power and passing legislations. You just remember, there are victims out there who have been denied justice because of the speaker of the house. And your elected representatives are too scared of him to do what's right. Just remember that and govern yourselves accordingly. Now, the audio I have been waiting all day to play for you. This is from Great Britain. I'm not even going to set this up for you. I just want you to hear. (laughs) Charlie actually got the audio for me and he gives them all titles for the soundboard for me to play. And I'm supposed to know... um, which ones they are like the Hillary Clinton clip that I played earlier was, was uh, grandma something or other, not fit for radio for me to be able to tell you what the actual clip was. This one, I, I kept the title that he gave it. The title is crazy person won't breed. You have come to the same conclusion, Alice. Yeah, I have. I'm, um, I mean, each day for me is, is a struggle. I re- I really do just, I'm so depressed. I feel so, hopeless over how, you know, I'm reading just in the last couple of months even that, you know, insect numbers are plummeting so fast. It now threatens the collapse of nature mm-hmm. that we're losing biodiversity, we're not losing, we're destroying biodiversity mm-hmm. so quickly that that threatens our food. And, and the UN have said that that could lead to the risk of our own extinction. David Attenborough going on TV to say the collapse of civilization could come from this. And I know that is so hard to really sit with and take in. Um, but I have done that. And that has led to um, just a fear that I've never felt before. And, and my decision for being on birth strike mostly has come from not wanting to pass that fear on to someone else. If, if we're in this situation now, you know, even since my parents had me, we've destroyed 60% of of life on this planet, what would that be like when my child's my age? Will there be 10% left? That's not just to do with being, um, you know, a nature wildlife enthusiast like I am. That's actually, that's dangerous Mm. as well. She's on what she's calling a birth strike. She refuses to have children. She believes that 60% of the planet's species have been wiped out by mankind. None of this is true. Yet she has so absorbed the fear of the climate change alarmists that she lives her life every day hating humanity and herself and so won't have children. People like this exist. Don't be one of those people. 
You know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Chairman Mu. I, I, somebody called her Bolshevik Barbie over the weekend. I thought, doggone it, I came up with abortion Barbie. I wish I'd come up with Bolshevik Barbie. Uh, nonetheless, she's out there saying that, that she's just living life as it is. Uh, she won't practice what she preaches. She, she's taking Uber and airplanes and whatnot because everybody else does, so she has no reason to change. Uh, I would say to this young woman in Great Britain who is, is scared to death of our annihilation that none of the people who tell you these things act like that. So perhaps they don't really believe them themselves. Alrighty, back to the phones we go. Raj in Sandy Springs, you're up next. Welcome. Hello, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I was wondering, is it possible for the constituents to recall an elected official? Yes, technically. Uh, No, in actuality. Uh, the, The reason I say that way, Raj, is because, yes, there is a recall law in Georgia, you can recall your elected officials. What you have to do is you have to collect enough signatures of constituents to then have a recall election to recall the person. And what happens ultimately is that lawyers get involved, they disqualify all the signatures, and it's a very costly battle. You actually have to have, to have a lot of money to be able to do it. Um, there have been some successful recalls. You know, Gray Davis, the former governor of California, recalled uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger elected in to finish his term. But it, it's very hard to do. It, it is sometimes worth doing, and it's worth doing um, in areas where someone's unpopular. But you, if, for example, you're thinking, some of you, why don't you recall David Ralston? Well, David Ralston's actually popular in his district. Uh, he, he's won against several challengers. Maybe this story will undo it. But you got to also remember that the, the local media up there isn't covering the story the way the Atlanta media is. And frankly, even a lot of the Atlanta media could be doing better. It's mostly uh, WSB, WSB TV, and, and the AJC covering the story. Uh, you got a lot of other local media outlets that love to do salacious stories on Republicans who are conservative, but they're not doing it on David Ralston. Makes you wonder why, huh? Disappointing. 